Hey, I was just looking for candy and realized it's time for announcements. Huge announcement. We need like lots of candy for our fall fest, which is this month. So if you can swing by, drop us off some amazing candy, that would be super duper good. I could get out of this garbage can. Uh, our fall fest is going to be October 27th at 5.30 p.m. We'll go to about 8 p.m. We have all of our bounce houses set up. We'll have some amazing games. We have an awesome concert. And we give away candy to all the kids, which is why we're asking for your help with that. Also, if you can, please volunteer for that event. It takes a good crew to make that event possible and successful and just better. So if you can volunteer, we would greatly appreciate that. Sign-ups are going to be available on the app also coming up is our next One More Youth. That's going to be November 1st at 6.30 p.m. We have a Bible study. We play games. We have worship. And we order pizza. Great time for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Uh, sixth through 12th grades are invited to join us for that. Also coming up in November, November 9th, at 6.30 p.m. will be our next Heaven City Limits. Uh, that features Pastor Billy and Pastor Angie and our worship team. It's a night of worship and a night of prayer. Uh, we had one back in May. If you went to that, we had an awesome time. We're sure to have a great time at this next one, too. So join us for that November 9th at 6.30 p.m. I'm going to get out of the garbage can, and let's get ready for church. Woo! Oh, God. <laughs> Oh no, he's gonna fly. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop in, and uh, we had a good, uh, good early morning worship. So now we get to worship with you. We're excited about that. And then we're into our series uh, called Kingdom Revealed. This is the third part. We'll be in Genesis two. So get your Bibles and get a coffee, maybe, and get comfortable because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is wonderful to see all your faces and hear your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do. In case you don't know the flow yet, we are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is home from traveling, and he'll be leading us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them all off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in um, Kingdom Revealed Part 3. And it was really good. And I know you guys are going to enjoy it. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for the privilege of gathering together with brothers and sisters this morning to celebrate and worship you. We thank you for your faithfulness, for the big ways and the small ways that you've shown us you're near this week. This morning, as we settle in your presence, Lord, help us to set aside our distractions and our worries. Because we're here to honor you and bless your name. And we want to focus fully on your face. We want to be undistracted. We love you so much, Papa, and we thank you. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, without your help, we are not able to live lives that please you. Mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things guide and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. 
On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship, and I always try to encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we praise the Lord here in this place. He is worthy of our praise. We're going to hopefully see the words show up on the screens. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. He never lets go.
for this time of worship in your presence and father as we're here in your presence I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word and Holy Spirit I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children God anoint them give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them your good God we love you and we thank you and it's in Jesus Holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. So excited to see you. In today's Bible story, we find that Jesus and his disciples, right, his friends, are in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover meal, right? They're going to celebrate. And the Passover, as we learned, is when God's people remember how he rescued them from the Egyptians, right? And how he saved them from death by by putting blood over the doorpost. Remember that? Yeah, it's really good, right? Well, Jesus told Peter and John to go and get the Passover meal ready. He told them, Go into the city, and there you will find a man, right? You will meet a man who is carrying a jug of water. Jesus told them to follow this man. This man will lead them to a house, and the owner of that house, right, would show Peter and John a large upstairs room, furnished, right, with all the furniture in it, because that is the place that Jesus wanted them to have their Passover meal, right? It was exciting, yeah. So John, Peter and John did exactly what Jesus told them to do, and they were amazed that everything that he said would happen, happened, right? Yes. So when the Passover meal was ready, Jesus and his disciples, they were reclining, right, to eat, when Jesus all of a sudden said, truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Can you believe that? Well, his disciples were very upset about that, right? But Jesus knew that this was part of God's plan, right? And all each of the disciples asked Jesus, surely not I, Lord, right? But when, when Judas Iscariot 
asked Jesus, surely not I, teacher. Jesus told him, it is you. Can you believe it? Right? Then Jesus took bread and he thanked God for it. And he broke it and gave it to his disciples to eat. And he told them, right? This is my body, which I am giving for you, right? Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he gave it to his disciples. And when they had, they drank it, he told them in Matthew 26, 28, this is my blood of the covenant, right? Which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. When Jesus did this, he was showing his disciples that with the bread and with the blood and with the cup, right? That he truly is the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't that amazing? And God's people had promised, right? To, he, they had promised to love and to obey God, but they broke the promise. But God had a plan. He sent Jesus, right, to make an even better promise. He said that anybody who turns away from their sin and trusts in Jesus' death and resurrection will be forgiven of their sins and they will live eternally. They will live forever. Isn't that amazing, boys and girls? So good, right? I know. All right, so now we're ready for our Bible verse. Can you repeat after me, please? Awesome. Matthew 26, 28. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Excellent work. Good job, kids. Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And before Pastor Georgina prays for them, maybe you guys can help me do something. We got a birthday. Can you help me sing happy birthday? It's Gina's birthday. She's right over there. Yeah, there we go. Yay, happy so, birthday, Gina. Yeah, we got a runner. We got a runner. Here we go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Dear Gina, <laughs> we've sufficiently embarrassed her for the year, I think. Good. <laughs> okay, so cool, guys. Okay, now we get to talk to the Lord in prayer. Are you ready? So let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our kids, Lord God. Father, we pray that you will protect them, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you allow them to know the deep love you have for them, Lord God. For them to know, Lord God, that they walk with your blessing, Lord God. For them to know, Lord God, that they that you have a place for them in heaven with you, Lord God. That you have an amazing plan for their lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Got some good kids. Good morning. Have fun, kids. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Vineyard. So glad to have you with us today. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad to be with you. Kids are getting settled. That QR code that just popped up will take you to some links. Uh, takes you to a page on our website, actually, with some important links. One of them is to the Connect card. If you never filled that out, it's all digital. Do that, please, real quick. Uh, there's a link to the fill-in notes for today. You should have those. I think they're helpful. Yes, absolutely. And uh, there's a link for the translation system. This service and the next one get translated into like 30 different languages, all on your phone, and you can listen and watch. So that's really good. And uh, the listening assistance is on there. Some very helpful things. So that's great. Uh, check that out and get ready. Absolutely. When we gather, we pray for our neighbors. 
We do this to sort of encourage you to be praying for people every day that live around you. So think about a couple of your neighbors right now, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, God, to love our neighbors well. And bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and Thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're continuing on in the series we're doing called Kingdom Revealed. We're doing sort of a deep look at the first couple of chapters of Genesis. This follows off that last series all about the Bible. And we broke the story, a line of the Bible into eight sections and then decided we should deepen each section. So that's what we're doing. And this was the first section, the first two chapters of Genesis and We'll actually be in Genesis chapter 2 today, making some progress, yeah, but, but next week we'll go back to chapter 1. And anyway, it's going to take a while. There's a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so we'll, we're going to talk more today about being created in the image of God and all that that means. Mm-hmm. Bad joke time? Oh, jeez. I, uh, I hired a handyman recently uh, and gave him a to-do list because then I had some errands to go and so I, I left. And when I came back, I found out he'd only completed items one, three, and five on the list. Turns out he only does odd jobs. For those of you that like math jokes, this one, okay, just hang on, people. Well, so, you know, we just finished singing a song, right? And, and about the we lion sang and a lot Judah. Of song. And, oh, you're trying to work this in. It was so in. cool, but... Uh, the urge to sing The Lion Sleeps Tonight is, is just a whim away. A whim away, a whim away, a whim away, a whim away. Everybody! No. We... Oh, I always get so... We... I'm having a hot away. flash because I'm so embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> now, here's, here's what to add to that. Oh, Lord. As I think about doing that, Help me, Jesus. In, in the ideal in my mind, uh-huh. all of you break into the whole thing, and there's choreography going on. It's just like the whole scene is happening, and everybody knows, Wee! There you and go. And the reality is this, that people are looking at me, most of them like, he's nuts. Why I, are we here? I told Douglas that he had to talk to you, okay, and do you know did. what he said? I'd be up there doing it with him. Because it's so, so cool. We're headed Wee! nowhere. Who doesn't want to do that? Me. <laughs> or have you do it in my ear? Okay, we've... In the jungle, still okay. in there. All right, we're going to move along. Please, you take it from Thank here, you, pray for us, and okay. lead us into reading of the Word, then we'll let's, be good. Let's switch gears if we can, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Lord, as deep cries out to deep, we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, God, come and heal our hearts, renew our minds, fill us with the grace to love each other well. We thank you for all that you're doing here and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of Genesis chapter 2, or I'm sorry, chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. In the jungle, mighty jungle. The lion sleeps tonight. We, uh, we're doing a pretty deep dive into the Bible. And I think, here's, here's the reason behind it. Because um, we could teach topics, and we, we've done a lot of that over the time. But if, if you can, uh, we did this a whole last series. If the Bible comes alive for you in a way that you are drawn to it. There's something that deepens in your relationship with God. And, and as you read the Bible, you realize, uh, as you press in, the incredible love that God has for you. And, and then, in return, it should make you love Him more. Uh, 
And then out of that, you start loving others more. And I believe that's what we need. That the church, uh, we really need to know the Bible. And what it means, because culturally it's really under attack. And we, we don't know how to engage. Not a, I don't want to get in battles with it. I think if we know it, we settle in it, and we realize that it's under attack. And, um, and, and that will help us and open doors for us to love well. And that the world needs us to know the Bible and to love well. That's what the, that's my heart for the church. And, and so, especially with the, 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 the world is crazy. And, and we could spend every time we got together trying to just to look at the craziness. But I think it's better if we can focus on the word and understand what's going on in here so that when it's crazy, which is all the time, you'll find comfort and solace in here and with Holy Spirit. And, and you'll be able to settle in what's going on. And, you know, we don't have to be, unlike, People outside of relationship with the Lord, we don't need to live in fear. We have this hope in the back that's a book. It's like we know what's coming. And so it can be a mess, which it is, but we know who God is and we know his love for us and we're settling that we continue to press in. So that's why we're taking some time and slowing down and really doing kind of a deep study, if you would, in, in ways that we may not have before, but it's to encourage that. I want you to know him, know his love for you, love him back and love people well. I want the church. If the Vineyard Church could be known as nothing else, as a bunch of kind of strange people who know the Word and who love God, I think we win. And love others well, right? Good. Okay. So, uh, those verses about the image, I want to spend some time today talking about what it means to be imagers. We started it last week. We're going to talk on it this week. Next week, we're going to talk some more on the same subject because we need to take it from this point, every now and again, we'll have to jump into the further along in the book so we can close some circles so they're not hanging there until we get there. And, and imaging is one of those things. But we were created to be imagers, to reflect God in the world. Uh, as you saw in the scripture reading, we're to partner with him. God created us, and then he wants us to um, be stewards over his creation. He wants to do it together. We're, we'll find out next week. We're the royal priesthood. And the, the royal part is that we partner with God. We're his kids. We're the family of the, of the king. And so we're, we're the royal, the royal part. Uh, and, and we have stuff to do on the planet. And then the priesthood part is all about reflecting his image. Uh, we're to reflect the image of God to one another and to the world around us. And to reflect the praises of the world back to God. All of that is in that priestly ministry that all of us have. And so I think it's worth digging into this idea of what it means and, and how that's reflected and what it looks like to be imagers. So as we move into Genesis 2, there's some interesting things that happen. Uh, and, and that maybe if you haven't s- slowed down as you read it before, I, I want to bring up some points and then have you think about them. So today there's a hinge verse. It's actually Genesis 2.4. It's kind of the verse that connects chapters 1 and chapter 2. Um, and, and this verse uh, would be another heading verse. Uh, remember Genesis 1.1, I told you, was a heading of what was to come. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the heading. Uh, and Genesis 2.4, it's a new heading. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Uh, and, and that's a heading of what's about to come. Now, it's, you could just look at this verse and you should see that something is going on. Because what has always been up to this point, heavens and earth, all of a sudden the writer changes it. The earth and the heavens. You think, well, what's the big deal? Well, it means something is going on. And, and it's, he's, it's introducing sort of a, uh, an interesting look on things that are happening in the beginning. And if you hadn't noticed this before... Uh, Genesis 2 doesn't really fit chronologically with Genesis 1. It's not like a continuation of the story. It's like they're repeating things in different orders. And, and you might want to question, well, why is that going on? Why is that even in the story? What's happening? And often we tend to just skip over it and not worry about it. And I want you this week to, to look at Genesis 2. Now, you should have all read Genesis chapter 1 a couple of times. To look at Genesis 2 and the way some of the things we're going to bring up 
and have a think. Every, every, I want to encourage you to have a think. Think about what's happening. Hang out with God. That's the, why the book is designed the way it is. God wants you to hang out with Him and deepen your relationship with Him and ask questions. And that's really good. Don't get frustrated if you don't understand something and go, well, I don't want to do that. That's what the enemy would have you do. Press in. Hang out with it. Read the story. And, and what is going on in Genesis 2 as you read the verses? And some people think that what we're about to read is sort of a, a deepening of day six. If you remember day six in Genesis 1, that's when the animals and the, and the people were made. Uh, some people think maybe it's deepening of day three that had to do with, um, you know, plants and, and things like that that were going on. Uh, maybe it's some sort of combination of the two days. But when you start to read it, the reason that doesn't really work is that everything's in a different order. Because when we start reading Genesis 2, we're going to get a little water on the ground and then people, and then animals, and then plants. And you're like, well, that's, a, that's backwards. What's going on? Some people think maybe this is the account of Genesis 2 of what's actually happening in the garden itself in Eden. Uh, another way to look at it, I, I've been sort of looking at it this way, is that um, Genesis 1 is the absolute ideal, the cosmic temple of what God wants, and Genesis 2 is more of the reality. Kind of like a whim, a whack, a whim, a whack. My ideal is we're all in. And the reality is, yeah. <laughs> and it's worth thinking about. Because there, there's something going on. It's all good. It doesn't change, you know, how the heart of God or anything. It just is often not looked at. And I think we have to slow down and, and look at some things and have a think. So that's my encouragement as we press on. Have a think this week about that even. Well, why is... Why is the order different? What's going on? Do some research. Do some study. Plug in. Ask God. Those things are all really important. And I want to encourage you to do some of that. Because if I just tell you what I think all the time, and you go with that, then we could all be wrong. That's kind of a heavy thing. Yeah. Okay. Genesis 2.5. Let's read on in the story. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. Uh, which is weird because that's day three in Genesis 1. Uh, For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. So he didn't want to have plants with no one to work it, I guess. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Your translation may say a mist covered the earth, but we'll actually get into rivers and mists and waters at some point here in the future. Uh, then, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. He had a little water and dust to work with kind of a clay picture, and breathed uh, into his nostrils the breath of life. That's another very important thing. Always be looking for the breath. The word there, breath, a breath of life, it's, uh, it's a word for spirit, Holy Spirit, pneuma. It's a fascinating word. And uh, the man became a living being. Actually, in the Hebrew, it's ruach. I'm, I'm in the Greek. I go back and forth. So it's ruach. And so the man became a living being. So notice the story's a little different than it was in Genesis 1. It doesn't mean that it's, it's just presented differently, have a think. And uh, what we find out now as we press on into the book is that something is not good. Now this builds on what we read in Genesis 1. Do you remember in Genesis 1? It was good, 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 it was very good. That's what we have up till now in Genesis 1. And now, Genesis 2, something is not good. That's what the Lord says in verse 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Uh, And now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, Yea, God. No, that's my talk. I'm just seeing if they're paying attention. (laughs) This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she should be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, 
Interesting story. But again, oftentimes the way things are written uh, in, in this inspired literature, there's things happening and there's patterns that go on. In Genesis 1-2, a problem was introduced. We look at it. The earth was uh, formless and empty. And then at the end of Genesis, what happened is there was a solution. God formed the earth and filled it. That's what we did last two weeks ago, whenever we were there. Well, here's a problem in verse 18, is it's not good for man to be alone. And in verse 24, there's a solution. And everything that's in between is going from problem to solution. So let's pick it up again in uh, verse 18. The Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. We're going to dive into the idea of a helper there in a minute. But let's keep pressing on in this text. So there's the problem. The Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. Uh, So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam... No suitable helper was found. Now, this is, a, this is a pretty significant thing, and I think it's important, because the question would be, well, couldn't God name the animals? Of course he could. He's God. Why doesn't he? Because what you need to see is that God's heart is to partner with us to rule the planet. And God's desire is relationship with us. That's at the heart of this. Alice and I were having a discussion the other day. And, and how, how cool is it that, that that's how God wanted things done. And he said, he said to man, you name the animals. And whatever he named them, it was good. And there's some funny names out there. And God amened them, right? Uh, you know, so, uh, and there's a lot of creatures happening. But I have this thought that the way that they're presented to Adam, this is just from reading on in a few chapters, it's just a thought, is that the animals were sort of presented to Adam in pairs. Because that's how they go onto the ark. It's kind of a threat. And they come by in pairs and... And Adam starts seeing that they're all in pairs, and he, there's an issue. I think God wants him to see that he, he's part, there's an issue going on that is just Adam at this moment. And none of them are suitable. None of them are exactly what he needs to press on. And so we, we have that sort of happening, and then watch the story as it develops. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, here's where, in that last series that I did, as as we um, have the Bible, it's so amazing, and culture attacks it. And attacks us for believing in it. And that happens all the time. Uh, you just, just scroll social media at some point and just watch how people mock and ridicule anybody that believes in the Bible. And, and some of their things that they say are like the Bible is uh, anti-women, misogynistic. We, when we touched on that in that last series, and I said that it's not. Some of it, I think, comes from um, a misunderstanding of exactly what's happening here in the time of creation. And you'll often see there's a lot of puns and memes about a rib, right? That, well, it's just, it was a rib. It was somehow less than. And, and so we need to talk about what was really going on in that story, of that part of the story, and, and what was happening with the, the rib as it's defined there. So uh, God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Now, the, the word in the Hebrew, it's funny how it was translated for us. Because in the Hebrew, that word is T-S-E-L-A. I'm going to, it's Selah, because it's hard to see the T-S part, right? It always reminds me of, you know, what do you do if you have a fish with no eyes? Um, <laughs> that was an extra joke. Ideal and reality, again, were very different. A better translation of that word, and actually how it's translated in virtually every other place in the Old Testament, is side. It's, an, it's actually, it's, a, it's not, this, in Genesis 2 is the only way it's given this sort of anatomical idea of connecting to a rib. Everywhere else is an architectural term that means side. I think the picture is, it was far more of an architectural thing that God took the, the man and took a side, and out of the side built a woman. And, and it's not a less than thing at all. It's, it's basically mankind. So that word Adam means mankind, humankind. It's not just Adam's name. It actually is, in, it's Adam, 
which means humankind, mankind. And it's very closely collected, uh, connected to the word for earth, which is Adama. So out of the earth, man. That's, that's how this is connected. And so what happens is mankind, he, God basically takes men and out of the side makes woman. And so what you have there is it's one becoming two. That's what happens at that point in time. And it begins to change the way you look at maybe some of your understanding of how this is all working. Well, another fascinating thing, I think, is the idea of a helper. Uh, and again, here's where people uh, have read and used the word in an unfortunate way. Well, you know, he needed a help meet. And, and the word helper there is fascinating. Again, in the Hebrew, it's E-Z-E-R, Ezer. And um, it's, it's not a subordinate or an assistant in, in any way uh, of what's going on. It is actually is a description of an indispensable other. That it, it, only together can they actually complete what they were intended to do. God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And, and so there's this I picture then of, of the, the two uh, together uh, is, is the way God Im, is imaged in them and the way he puts them together. Uh, that word azer is used anywhere outside of Genesis 2. It's used almost every place. It's, uh, it's a description of God helping Israel. It's not a, and you, it, it, it's a word, you, God is not an assistant. All right? And, and so that's the picture, and it sort of, I think it changes the picture of what's going on and how things are happening in this whole thing. And so in effect, now what we have is the problem is solved. Remember the problem is verse 18. It's not good for mankind, humankind, to be alone. And verse 24, here's the solution. This is why a man leaves his father and mother, is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. It goes from alone to one flesh. Verse 25, and this will pick up later in the story, and Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So to me, it's just fascinating what's happening. Adam, Adam was alone. So God takes a side of Adam and, and makes a woman uh, uh, as uh, uh, the indispensable other. And uh, they connect again. How do they connect now? In relationship. See, this is what's so significant, is that they connect in relationship. And so this picture is that you need to see is that one becomes two becomes one, this time in relationship. And that's this... This idea of one is the heart of God. That's what he's doing. God, from the picture with the animals, God wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to get along in relationship. We're, we're not good alone. We're, we're made to be together in relationship. We watch a show sometimes called Alone. And, and uh, it's a fascinating show. They put people alone and, and this one has clothes on. Don't watch the other one. <laughs> it's just wrong. Um, because <laughs> you should be afraid. I, never mind. They're just alone. I get sidetracked. Ween, mawak, ween. Um, it's God wants us in relationship. Now, hold, you hold on to this thought, and things in the New Testament will start to pop clean for you because all of a sudden, they talk in the New Testament all the time about being one in Christ. See, the fall messes up. So what happens is, so you've got one alone, two become one in relationship, and then at the fall, it's split apart again, and what happens instead of together and, and coordinating and all those things that we're supposed to do, now there's competition. There's division. That's what happens at the fall. The enemy is the one behind division. If you look at the world today, it's, it's so rampantly divided over things that really don't make any difference. Because the enemy loves it. He loves you. He, that because it ruins relationship. God wants restoration and reconciliation. And he wants us to be together. And, and not be so easily sort of messed up by things that don't really matter. We, we need to focus on what does matter, which is this relationship that we have with God in Jesus. And, and in Christ... We're one. That's a, throughout the New Testament, you'll see it. That one verse that I, I used in the last series where it says there's not male or female. There's not uh, Jew or Gentile. There's, there's not slave or free. But we're all one in Christ. That's the picture. So the enemy wants competition and division. And God wants us to be reconciled and together and helping one another. And that's the big picture that's taking place as imagers. So you, you have to have that as we build on this next week. 
Because next week then, we'll, we'll take into the New Testament about how in Christ it actually says we're renewed image bearers. We, we lose our ability to reflect God properly at the fall. But in Jesus, it's restored. And, and we're once again back into being the royal priesthood. We drop all that at the fall. We're a mess. Uh, but in Christ now, things can begin to be different. So you need to hang on to that. We've got to finish that circle because I, I, I don't want you going through all of the rest of the Old Testament not knowing that you're renewed uh, and you're reconciled and there's good things. So we're going to pop into that next week and uh, have a little look at that. But have a little think this week about Genesis 2 and some of the differences. And we're not done with Genesis 2. We're coming back. But next week, we'll do that thing about image bearing. And I, I, think, uh, I think next week, we'll, I need to talk a little, week after that, I need to talk about trees. I'm very excited. And you might not think that's a good thing, but I think we need to branch out. I'd like to take credit for that, but somebody came up to me last service and said, you're going to branch out. I said, I'm sorry, I'm using that in my next message. All right, plenty to think about, 10.30, good time. Ministry team, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over there, here to pray for you. Um, this amazing story, is you're invited into it. Jesus invites you into his story. He's done everything that needed to happen for us to be reconciled, to be one in Christ, to have our relationship with God restored. Our part is just to say yes. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Somebody needs to really hear that today. It's not just closing words. I say it all the time. But for someone, that makes a difference. And, and you've never done that. And please, I, I would implore you, best decision you will ever make is just say yes to Jesus. You're not here by accident this morning. And, and you need to know just this. If you, the rest of it you didn't understand, just this part. God wants to be in relationship with you. And he loves you. And, and your way to that is just to say, yes, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Do that today. Amen. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if anybody, if that... If that relates to any of you and you want to ask Jesus into your heart this morning, just slip your hand in the air. We're not going to embarrass you or call you out. But if that's anybody, okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Go ahead, Pastor. Pray for them. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's just say it. We'll give you an opportunity to say it. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Of all my sin. Of all my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And be my Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can quit praying after me now. And Lord, I pray that anyone who prayed that today, God, just fill them with your Holy Spirit and let them know the amazing love that you have for them right now. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you genuinely did that in your heart, tell someone today because all of heaven rejoices when you ask Jesus in your heart. But if you need prayer for anything, our God is so good and he knows every detail of our life. If you're carrying a burden, financial or emotional or anything, let, let our prayer team pray for you this morning and, and get that taken care of. Amen? Amen. And uh, let me thank you. you Thank you for being so generous. Ways to give her up there. And you guys are faithful to that. I'm, quickly, the, we've had the food truck out the last two nights. Uh, and, and it's been fantastic. Friday night, uh, Pastor Fran and Pastor Georgina were up in Marathon at their big trunk or treat. And uh, Pastor Fran said that they did over 300 snow cones, let alone everything else. And we do all that stuff for free. It's a nice snow cone and a nice cup. It's really a great deal. And they get it free because you guys are generous. Thank you. Uh, along with ice cream. And then last night they were at a, at a skating thing down in Key West. And they blessed hundreds again with because they can. Thank you for making those kind of things happen. That impacts people. People are touched by that. They, they're not sure in a world where nothing is. You know, it's free. Why? Okay. And it makes them think. And we just want them to have a think so they can meet Jesus. So thank you for that. We really do appreciate it. Let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Ah uh...
May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you... I'm sorry. One of the kids just whacked another one with the bag. And right in the whole middle of the peace thing, and I, I can't help but... So, yeah, go in peace and, and ministry. Prayer team is over there. These doors are open. Stay, dodge the rain. Be kind to one another. Hope your team wins. Catch some fish. See you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, have a think. Some cool stuff in Genesis 2. And uh, we'll be back and talking about more of imagers next week. Have a great week, everybody. And go teams. I want to say go Vols. That's for Amy and Terry because we love you and we miss you. And fins up, dude. All right. Bye. Bye.